Chris Martin was the Boston Red Sox best reliever during the 2023 season. But where do the newbies stand like Nick Robertson and Chris Murphy? Tune into today's episode of Locked On Red Sox, where I rank all of the relievers in order of best appearances. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast. And I am here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. Whatever emotion you're feeling, I'm feeling it too. And that's the same emotion that you will feel on the show. So be sure to make it your first listen of every day. And also don't forget to download the SiriusXM app where you can catch the home broadcast of every Red Sox game. Just download the app and search Red Sox and you won't have to miss a single pitch of any game because who would want to miss a pitch of Red Sox baseball? In 2024, you certainly will not want to. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Thank you for making the show your first listen of every day. I hope you had a wonderful Halloween. It was a bit of a cold night out there, but I saw a lot of great costumes come through in my neighborhood um, one of my favorites was one kid had an Iron Man costume that I thought was pretty cool. And then another girl was a fairy and her costume was absolutely beautiful because she incorporated some of my favorite colors in there in pink and blue. So I thought it was a really cute costume. I just love this time of the year with the beautiful leaves and just everybody has their Halloween decorations out and their pumpkins. So if you have kids, hope you took them out to go trick-or-treating. If you don't have kids and you hung out at home, hope you had some Halloween festivities going on, like maybe watching a movie in the background. Let me know in the comments what your favorite Halloween movie is. I'm curious. Mine is Hocus Pocus, but everybody's is different. So definitely let me know what your favorite one is. On today's episode of the show, I will be ranking the 2023 Boston Red Sox relievers in order of effectiveness. Last week, I dropped an episode where I ranked the starting pitchers. So today I'm going to be doing that with the relievers. I kept in mind how much of an impact these players made. Did they pitch enough during the 2023 season to be able to make an impact out of the pen? That was the criteria that I was considering. There was a big revolving door in the Red Sox pitching staff in 2023 due to the fact that there were a lot of injuries to pitchers and the relievers were ultimately overworked as an overall squad. Um, And to me, they need to address that this offseason. They need to find some pitching help and get some people in there who are really going to make a positive impact. So some of these numbers could be a little flawed for these pitchers because they were 
putting in a lot more work than they're used to. But at the very bottom, I have to put a guy who the Red Sox took a chance on and signed in the middle of the season um, after he had previously been let go. And he just did not figure it out. He was an absolute mess. And Dinelson Lamette was his name. 1350 earned run average, pitched an outing for the Red Sox and completely fell apart and just did not have it and couldn't climb back from it. So after that one outing, the Red Sox had seen enough. They said, peace, dude, you're out. Um, he has to be at the bottom because when I think about the Red Sox bullpen, he just was an absolute mess. And I said, wow, I mean, good for the Red Sox for trying to make something out of nothing here. But this guy was unbearable to watch. Another pitcher who was unbearable to watch out of the Red Sox bullpen was Kyle Barraclough. Do you remember the Kyle Barraclough game? I mean, that guy stressed me out. Once he started giving up a bunch of runs, it got to be pretty humorous to the fact that Alex Cora just decided to keep him in and let him go through the motions continuously. It was unbelievable to me the way that there wasn't even anybody warming up during the Barraclough game. And he just kept going through the motions and giving up more runs and more base runners. And it was just a never ending thing in an absolute blowout of a loss for Boston ended his Red Sox stint with a 1291 earned run average. I felt badly for him because he was clearly embarrassing himself out there. But when the time had come for him to pitch in that game out of the pen, so many relievers had been previously overworked by that point so I don't feel like Cora had a choice but to keep him in when he did he was probably experiencing so much inside emotion wise where he said this isn't fair that I'm still out here obviously I don't have it tonight but Cora got criticized pretty heavily for keeping him in the game and not even having anybody else warming up so he just let him wear it out there and it was a disaster but he absolutely has to be at the bottom. Inching his way down there above Barraclough is a pitcher who I think a lot of people had high hopes for when the Red Sox signed him before the 2023 season started. He began as a starting pitcher out of the Boston Red Sox rotation and then could not figure it out as a starter, so they moved him to the bullpen. And Corey Kluber, this guy could not do anything right for this Boston Red Sox team. I almost felt badly for him because it's very clear that he's nearing the end of his career and he just couldn't put everything together. And when he couldn't start and was just having awful appearances on the mound when he was starting games, I supported moving him to the bullpen because I said, hey, maybe he can figure it out more there and that can benefit him more in the end. It did not. He still pitched very poorly out of the bullpen, ended the season with a 7.04 ERA, and that really didn't fluctuate much. He pitched on opening day, had a rough outing then, and then it was just consistent rough outings all season long for him to the point where his earned run average was really above six the whole season. So I can't put Corey Kluber towards the top for that reason because of just the amount of stress and misery that he caused Red Sox fans this year. Next is a pitcher who 
is now in a Dodgers uniform and somehow figured it out there because the Dodgers have some sort of secret weapon over there for fixing pitchers. And Red Sox fans were waiting so long for the team to let him go because it was just continuous bad outings by him. Ryan Brazier, I saw stints of him over the last couple seasons prior to 2023 where I felt like he was starting to figure things out and maybe he could work for the Red Sox. And I've always been known to give people the benefit of the doubt. And in this case, I definitely was at first. And I said, well, he's showing glimpses of it. Maybe he just has to find his rhythm. But no, he can never truly figure it out on the mound out of the Red Sox bullpen. So eventually the Red Sox let him go. The Dodgers picked him up and he's been pitching very well for them. But he lost some games for the Red Sox in 2023. And People would criticize Cora for putting him in. But again, Cora did the best he can with what he had to work with because ultimately at the end of the day, this comes down to the front office allowing him to stay much longer than he should have stayed. And he just was showing at the end that it was very apparent that he could not get the job done. So Ryan Brazier always will be towards the bottom of my list. Coming up, I'm going to be revealing the middle, the meat of the Red Sox bullpen that pitched during the 2023 season. This is a mix of players who were pretty new to the scene in Boston and had to figure things out and other guys who just were very inconsistent. So that section of the list is coming up next. Do you ever wish you could win more money? If so, FanDuel can get you there. I love it. It's the number one sports betting app because there's so many different opportunities that you can use to bet. So actually last night, my fiance was betting on the World Series game. And one of the bets he made was that the Rangers had to win the game by three or four runs. Granted, it was a blowout of a game at first. They put up 11 runs and it was 11 to one at one point during the game. And things were looking very gloomy for the Diamondbacks. But then they started to come back in the last couple innings of the game they strung together some runs and ultimately got it to seven runs. So they lost 11 to seven. So he actually made out on that bet because the Rangers won the game by exactly four runs. And Gabriel Moreno in the ninth inning drew in a couple runs to help him with that cause. So you can win a lot of money by making bets on FanDuel and they can get as creative as you want. You can make the simplest bets, just betting straight up on who will win the game, or you can make more complex bets like that. But either way, you will win money. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. They really do mean it when they say you can win a lot of money. I've seen my fiance do it firsthand. I've seen some friends of mine do it firsthand who love to bet. So head to FanDuel slash LockedOn today. Also download the SiriusXM app. 
they can get you the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone so you don't have to miss a game or even a single pitch. I know for me, I enjoy being able to listen to games when I can't watch them. And it can be a great way to still feel like you're in that moment because during the radio call, they still show the same amount of emotion as they do on TV. So when you're listening to it, it can feel like you're watching it because they do a great job of painting a picture for you of what's going on in the game. So be sure to download the SiriusXM app and catch the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your phone. On today's episode, I am ranking the Boston Red Sox relievers from the 2023 season in the order in which I feel they affected the team the most. The guys who made the best positive impact are at the top, and the guys who made the most negative of an impact are at the bottom. So coming up on the list is Caleb Ort. I mean, this man has gotten multiple chances with Boston was with the team for a good portion of the season, got then sent to AAA and then came back up to the majors. And he ended the season with a 626 earned run average. His numbers were all over the place. He had one outing. I remember distinctly right after coming back up from AAA when he was lights out. And I said, wow, maybe sending him back down to AAA for some more reps was the key here, and he's going to be a successful pitcher now for this team moving forward. Surely enough, that was not the case. It was a one-outing stint, and since then, he just had guys absolutely demolish him at the plate. He was predictable. They were just hitting him hard, and I don't know if it was a confidence thing or what, but he very blatantly had something go wrong that he could not figure out how to fix, So that's why he was somebody who I was waiting and waiting for the Red Sox to let go and come to the realization that he just isn't it. The next pitcher up on the list is somebody who I liked early on and then started to struggle a bit and was inconsistent for a good portion of his outings is Justin Garza. My biggest problem with him is you didn't really know what version of him you were going to get on a day-to-day basis. You could get the shutout, Justin Garza, or you could get the guy who just had no control from the mound and was just allowing a lot of runs. And you could easily say there are a lot of pitchers that fall into that category, but he was especially frustrating because he was so tough to read because You didn't really know when those bad outings were going to come from him. He, at no consistent point of the season, was he reliable for an extended period of time, which frustrated me. It was here and there. He would have those good outings, and then he'd go to his next outing, and it was a little bit treacherous. So not knowing who we were going to get underneath that Red Sox hat was one of the more frustrating things to me. So he makes more of the lower middle of the list for me just because he had some positivity and days where he showed potential, but it wasn't enough days for me to put him higher on the list. A pitcher who started the season in AAA but had his opportunities to come up due to injuries was Brandon Walter. He kind of bounced back and forth between AAA and the majors. And one of the reasons that I put him in the more top half of the list is because he bounced back and forth 
without any complaints, he was willing to go back down to AAA when the Red Sox asked him to. He was willing to come back up to the majors when the Red Sox asked him to. And he'd go out there and he'd give his best when he was out there. He's still learning. He's still developing. I'm trying to gauge really what his ceiling is. I think it's still too small of a sample size to say. He ended the season with a 626 ERA with the Red Sox. Um, Everything with earned run average is circumstantial. Some pitchers pitch better against certain type of hitters and others, and some just struggle against everybody all around. But he has the ability to strike guys out, and he has the ability to fire that pressure when he needs to, but he still needs to really feel out what kind of pressure he needs to exude when. Um, I liked him overall and what I saw from him. Obviously, there's still work that's needed, but I think over time, that dominance will be able to come for him. Another pitcher who started the season in AAA and had his opportunity to come up this year is Chris Murphy. He, to me, has a much higher ceiling and more potential than Brandon Walter, um, and he showed it. He had some great outings in 2023, and it became pretty obvious that Alex Cora trusted him, and he was used in a lot of different types of situations, which is great for his career moving forward, being exposed to a lot of different types of situations on the mound. Um, and he had a couple of rough outings. I remember I was at a game late in the season, Red Sox Blue Jays, when he went out there and pitched and um, gave up about six runs to the Blue Jays. And he got absolutely rocked. It was towards the end of the season. He couldn't figure it out that day, but I'm not really holding that against him because for the most part, the Red Sox did use him in some important spots and he really didn't disappoint. I think if he has more opportunities to pitch in 2024, he'll be able to be one of those more reliable relief pitchers out of the Red Sox bullpen. So I'm rooting for him to succeed next year. Next on the list is a reliever who I believe was used in the wrong situation a lot of times, and that's Richard Blyer. He was never one to be able to get the job done quickly and efficiently. It was a big roller coaster a lot when he was pitching. He'd give up a lot of base runners, and he'd give up quite a few runs in the majority of his outings. Um, but I feel like the way he was utilized out of that pen was part of what deterred him from being successful. He'd come into a game with a lefty matchup um, in crunch time, and he would give up a run or at least another base runner. And it ended up proving to not be the right situation at the right time. And he seemed to be that main pitcher out of the pen that was caught in those types of situations where he was placed in the wrong situation at the wrong time. And it really backfired on him. So I don't think he was a bad pitcher by any means, but I think Alex Cora didn't always know what types of situation he should and shouldn't be used in. Um, there were situations where Brennan Bernardino or another reliever could have been used, but Cora wanted to use Blyer and ended up backfiring more often than not. So I think that's more of a reflection on Alex Cora than him, just the way he was utilized. And again, at the very end of the season, Cora didn't really have a choice because a lot of people were injured in that bullpen. Nick Robertson was acquired by the Boston Red Sox. At the trade deadline, they traded Kike Hernandez to the Dodgers and 
got Robertson back as one of the pitchers in that deal. He had his ups and downs in L.A. He had spent the majority of the season in AAA, but got exposure in a couple major league outings with the Dodgers before being traded to Boston. There was a lot of hype surrounding him. The Dodgers have one of the best farm systems in baseball, so there's a lot of good pitching talent down there. Um, So I was excited to acquire him because the Red Sox obviously saw some sort of potential in him. Um, And, you know, the Dodgers felt that he was somebody that was worthy of giving up for Kike Hernandez in return. So I think he's a highly anticipated prospect. He still needs to figure some things out, but he's about middle of the pack for me because I didn't see enough from him yet to know how confident I truly am in him, but I do see some potential there. So I expect a bigger season from him in 2024. Coming up, I'm going to be revealing my top 10 relief pitchers on the Boston Red Sox 2023 roster. So stay tuned because you definitely won't want to miss that. Don't forget, you can follow Locked on Red Sox on any podcast platform for free, and you will get a new episode every day straight to that feed. It's a great time of year right now. The Red Sox now have their lead man in place in Craig Breslow, so now it's going to be full force, time to go out and make some moves and be aggressive. So if you want all the off-season action, just keep making the show your first listen of every day. You also should follow some of the other Locked On Boston sports shows if you're a big Patriots fan, Celtics fans, or Bruins fan, or you like Boston College. This network is the place for you. We have great hosts that host all of the Boston sports-based shows. So if you're interested in listening to any of those, they offer some great perspective, especially now because it's in season for all of those sports. And there's a lot of games for us to watch on TV now. So it's pretty fun. And I love this time of year again in October because you can really watch all four major sports. So definitely Check out the other Lockdown Boston sports shows and also check out the SiriusXM app. You can get the Red Sox home broadcast for free of every game straight to your feed. So all you have to do is just search Red Sox on the app and it'll generate that home broadcast for you. So you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball in 2024. There were a number of pitchers who pitched very well for Boston out of the bullpen in 2023. Some of these guys were those shutdown guys that the Red Sox could use at any point out of the pen. One player who performed better than I expected was Mauricio Jovera. The Red Sox acquired him from the San Francisco Giants. He had been kind of a mess in San Francisco and the Giants were looking to get rid of him. So my expectation for him was low coming into Boston, but he pitched better than I thought. He ended the season with a 546 ERA. He was somewhere in the middle of Red Sox relievers in terms of how reliable he was um, in terms of giving up runs. I expected him to be somebody who might crash and burn at the beginning, but he really didn't. He was able to keep his composure and he had decent outings overall, pitched in a couple really heavy, important spots and was able to get the Red Sox out of jams. So he earned a higher up spot for me than I thought he was going to. So he is that next guy on my list who's about in the middle. Number 10 on the list is a pitcher who 
struggled a little bit to really find his identity. He also switched back and forth between AAA and the majors this season. Joe Jakes, 506 ERA. I wasn't always sure what to make of him because there were times where I felt more confident in him than I should have and times where I felt less confident in him and he actually came through and got the job done. Um, There's a number of things that I see in him. I think he has a good sense of varying his pitches and knowing what to throw when um, he definitely needs to work on that command a little bit and get his velocity up more. But if he can get those things up, he could be a good middle reliever for Boston moving forward. Um, So he cracks the top 10 on my list as the number 10 reliever for Boston. Number nine on the list is somebody who didn't pitch a lot this season, but pitched very, very well when he did. He ended the season with a 321 earned run average. And over those few starts that he made, he was shutting down opposing offenses in Zach Weiss. He was a random late season pickup for Boston. And I was like, this is interesting that they're giving this guy a chance. Like, what could he offer and bring to the table? But he brought a lot to the table. And the way he was able to be as dominant as he was, was a very good sign for the Red Sox moving forward. He needs to pitch more. But he was showing immediate confidence, which I like that drew me to enjoying to watch him pitch. So he has to keep that up. And I really liked how he was getting the job done and he was recording those outs. The next pitcher on my list is somebody who spent time both as a starter and as a reliever in 2023. I've always voiced my opinion on him in that I think he's better out of the bullpen and the Red Sox should keep him there. If you haven't guessed it yet, it's Garrett Whitlock. Whitlock ended with a 515 ERA. That isn't really um, showing how he actually performed this season. He struggled a lot more when he was starting, but as a reliever, if you take him out of the starting rotation and only have him pitch as a reliever, he was one of the more reliable bullpen arms on this Red Sox team. He definitely has a special gift to be a strong reliever for Boston moving forward and one of those guys that they should be able to rely on pretty regularly. Um, So if they can keep him in the bullpen, I think his ranking could go up even more during the 2024 season. Zach Kelly was unfortunately sidelined with an injury for a lot of the season this year, but when he did pitch, he pitched to the tune of 386 ERA out of the Red Sox pen. He was very good. Um, You know, we've seen short stints of him over the last couple of years 2023, he still didn't get to pitch much due to his injury, but I'm hoping that he's fully recovered now and can pitch more in 2024 because he went out there and he just pitched and got the job done and it didn't seem like he really missed a beat due to his injury. I like pitchers like that. You always expect pitchers to be rusty when they come back from an injury, but he really didn't miss much time at all. It was almost like he hadn't been away from the game. Um, And I liked that about him. I definitely want to see more of him in 2024. John Schreiber missed some of the season with an injury this year as well. Um, But he's always been one of the Red Sox more reliable relievers. It happened in 2022 and it happened in 2023. John Schreiber is always on point. He's never somebody that you have to worry about having a complete meltdown 
on the mound. Um, he'll always figure out a way to get the job done. It might not always be the cleanest road, but he certainly knows how to put pressure on opposing hitters and can go in there and buckle down and get serious and get the job done when he has to. So when I'm thinking about relievers I trust the most right now on this Red Sox roster, John Schreiber is right in that mix. Somebody who gave me near heart attacks sometimes, but would find a way to get the job done most of the time is Kenley Jansen. His ERA on the season was a 363, but he put us on emotional roller coasters. I mean, gosh, like this man would give up base runners like it was no tomorrow and then somehow managed to get out of the inning unscathed and close out the game. Yes, he did blow a couple saves during the season. Yes, he's getting up there in age and career-wise. I think he's almost reached his limits on being able to play. But he would come into games in the ninth inning, and I would be so nervous and feel like I couldn't trust him. And when he would go in there and just give up one or two base runners to start the inning, I'd be like, oh, geez, here we go. Like, he's going to blow it. And he had a couple stints in there where he was really struggling and he blew a couple saves in a row. And I started to be like, well, is he fully healthy? What's going on here? And then he kind of got himself back. So he's not the closer we actually would want long-term, but he did manage to get the job done. So because of that, he's number five on the list. Number four is a reliever who was extremely underrated to me um, this season in Brennan Bernardino. He was one of the most reliable bullpen arms. He was just that guy who could come in and clean up a mess or could be there to even just record one out if that's what was needed. In Brennan Bernardino, 320 earned run average, always came in there looking poised and confident. And when the Red Sox were struggling or you'd have somebody like a Ryan Brazier out there and was melting down um, and he was giving up base runners and the bases were loaded, I trusted Bernardino to come in and fix that mess. And he'd come in and he'd get the job done. And even when he pitched a couple innings in a game and wasn't coming in in one of those high-intensity situations, he still was figuring out how to get the job done. So he's good to me because – he can pitch in high leverage and non high leverage situations. And that's important to have in a reliever. So because of that, he's number four on the list. Number three is bullpen. Nikki P his season ERA was a four Oh four, but don't take that into account too much because he also started when he started, he was not nearly as good. Um, and he struggled significantly so when the Red Sox moved him to the pen, I was so happy because he was one of the most reliable pieces. If I'm taking his starter stats out of it and I'm just thinking about his time as a reliever, he was one of the best relievers Boston had. That's why he made it all the way up to three on my list because when I think about the impact he made out of the pen, he was almost unhittable. It was a completely different human being and a different pitcher. It was crazy to me. I could not believe it. Um, I hope they keep him there. I think that's where he belongs. So bullpen Nikki P, congratulations on being number three on the list. Josh Winkowski is my runner-up, my number two. This guy's improved so much over the last couple seasons. The Red Sox did acquire him a while back in the Andrew Benintendi trade um, to the Royals. And Winkowski was one of the players to be named later that they received in that deal. 
Um, and he's shown nothing but improvement and growth. He finished the season with a 288 earned run average out of the pen. And to say he was reliable would be an understatement. This guy got put through the ringer in terms of the situations he was brought into in must-win games when the Red Sox were still fighting for a wild card spot. Those were the days. And there were games that they had to win in order to hang on to that. He was brought in in high leverage situations in those games. And the majority of the time, he would get the job done. And this guy showed so much emotion on the mound when he got out of it. He got so excited and knew that he had done his job. And that's all we can really ask for. And I've just particularly enjoyed seeing the improvement he's shown because after the 2022 season, I was very unsure about him, but I'm not unsure anymore because he's shown that he can be an absolute stud in that bullpen. The best reliever on the Boston Red Sox in 2023 was Chris Martin. He had the lowest earned run average in baseball with a 105. He was very much not used all the time by Boston. He was used in short stints sometimes to get one or two outs, um, or he primarily would be the eighth inning guy. That would be the bridge to Kenley Jansen. Um, But either way, no matter what role you put him in, he was lights out. It was very difficult to score off of him and also incredibly difficult to even string together a hit against him. You knew what you were getting from him. You knew going in that if he was coming on to the mound, that this team was in good shape. And they really hit the jackpot with that one because you never know with a pitcher like him how good he's going to be getting up there in age and kind of has been around a lot of different teams and across the league. But he did the furthest thing from disappoint. I'm so glad I got to witness it in 2023. The Red Sox could put him into big situations and he would absolutely nail it. So Chris Martin was the Red Sox best reliever in 2023. Can they find a Chris Martin 2.0 for the bullpen in 2024? Only Craig Breslow holds the keys to that. So we'll have to see, but we can keep the faith. Go Red Sox as always. And I will catch you on the flip side.